Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Well, come on, can you give God an even bigger shout of praise this morning? Come on. Well, do this for me. While you're standing, lift your hands all over the room for just a moment. Holy Spirit, we thank you today for your presence. And with hearts positioned with expectation, God, we believe that when we showed up today, we didn't come to play church. We didn't just come for an experience. We came to encounter you. And when we've been with you, our story changes. When people get close to you, they go from broken to beautiful. They go from messed up and to completely healed. God, today I thank you that hope and purpose would come alive in hearts today from the front of the room all the way to the back. God, I speak a blessing over every grandma and grandpa, every mom and dad, every son and daughter. God, we position ourselves now with a heart that's willing and ready to receive everything that you have for us. If you believe that today, will you give him another shout of praise? Come on. High five two people around you and say, welcome to church, and you can be seated. Well, today is uh, spring forward, and uh, I can tell by the looks of a pastor, a lot, of, a lot of people that missed the first service, they came to this service. Uh, I, I've, we've been doing so many posts and so many social media posts at our church. We planted a church a year ago. Uh, we celebrated last weekend. We planted a church in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. You can clap. That's great. And, uh, and last night about 1.30 in the morning, I was sitting wrapping up my notes for today and I re- it dawned on me that I, ha- I have to participate in Spring Forward too. I was like, oh no, like what just happened? And so I did exactly what Pastor Don mentioned in the first service. I, I, I like set an alarm. I was like Googling at three in the morning to make sure I didn't miss it. Uh, I called the front desk to, to get a wake up call and they never called me. But I made it. So we're good. We made it all as well. My wife, Jackie, actually covered the pulpit for us back in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, my wife sends her love. I send the first service. I think that Pastor Don, Pastor Jessamy's wondering if she's an imaginary friend because I never have brought her. And, uh, and it's because we, we got a seven-year-old little boy. We got a five-year-old little girl. And then she's 25 weeks pregnant with baby number three. So we're pretty excited about it. And I actually have a picture. Can you throw the picture up on my family? Do you guys have that ready? Can you throw it up? There they are. How sweet are they? They love their mama. I married so far out of my league, it's shocking. Like, this really happened. I told Pastor Jesme last night when we were all at dinner, I said, we were at a mall here a few, just a couple months ago, and the security guy, like, he was like, and he was like walking by, and, like, and he sees me kind of looking over as I was on the phone, and I was, listen, I still date her every week. I still, listen, I, I still find myself walking by and checking her out. Like, hey, what's up? What's up, girl? I'm not sure what you're doing for the rest of your life, but if you want to hang out with me, that would be pretty awesome. And then I pray, one of my daily prayers is, God, keep her blinded. Keep her <laughs> blinded to, to know. Anyway, so this, the security guard walks up to her and says, uh, excuse me, ma'am, is he bothering you? And she said, who? And he's like, that guy. Like, and I was over there like, whoa. And, he, and she's like, no, that's my husband. And the look on his face was like, if you're in trouble, like blink twice. Like, you know, he like, like, 
So I married way out of my league. She's not only beautiful and amazing, but uh, she is uh, an incredible preacher. And so she actually covered uh, our service. We launched a church called Anthem of Hope in the city. This is the coolest part about all of this. God had tugged on our hearts a few years ago to launch a church, and we planted a church right smack dab in the middle of where my dad was a drug dealer, and my dad was an alcoholic, and my dad brought so much chaos in our family. When my dad got saved and generational curses broke off my family, it was pretty cool that the Lord sent us back to plant a church right where the enemy tried to destroy us. And so now... So now we're advancing the kingdom and uh, we're doing some serious damage to the kingdom of darkness and it's pretty awesome. Uh, this morning, uh, I wanna go into uh, something that I really, it's been the passion of mine uh, full-time on the road the last 10 years. I wanna talk about the culture of worship and the significance of your shout of praise. And it's so amazing. You know, the Bible says that the spirit realm is even more real than the natural realm that you live in. And there's something significant there's something that shifts. We sang on Friday night that the atmosphere is changing now. There's something that happens in the spirit when the children of God begin to rejoice, when the children of God begin to shout, when the children of God refuse to allow the enemy to steal their shout of praise. Psalms 100 verse one says to shout for joy all the earth. See, the Lord is giving us VIP access here because he's saying, listen, in James chapter one, it says that you're gonna go through some stuff. Some storms and trials are gonna happen, but have joy in the midst of it. The Lord has given us access here by saying, Nehemiah 8.10, I'm rattling off a bunch of verses, but I want you to grab this. Nehemiah 8.10 says that the joy of the Lord is your, your strength. And so God is saying, you're gonna go through some stuff, but have joy in the middle of it, because my joy, my complete joy in your life will actually become your strength. So we're gonna talk about rejoicing today. We're gonna talk about the presence of God and the significance of our shout of praise. I'm fully convinced that God is still healing people today. Thank you for your overwhelming enthusiasm. No, come on, I'm fully convinced that God is still delivering people and healing people and setting people free. I'm fully convinced that your marriage can get back on track. I'm fully convinced that addiction and strongholds and shackles can be broken off. I'm fully convinced of it. And it's not uh, an opinion. It's not something that I've learned from watching Dr. Phil show and self-help books. It is based upon the faithfulness of my God. Not that there's anything wrong with Dr. Phil. Like, oh, it's crazy. I'm not talking about Dr. Phil. But I'm fully convinced because I've seen the fruit and I've seen the incredible faithfulness of God, not only throughout my family, and what God did by delivering my father and breaking off generational curses. But listen, where God's presence is, there's excess life, and excess life is his fruit. Today, your worship team, amazing. Give your worship team a hand. I mean, it's awesome. And so many different denominations and so many different Christian charismatic movements or just Christianity in America in general, sometimes the worship is just a preliminary. It's just kind of to get through it. Like, well, we do a few songs to try to get the people in, then we get to the word. But you don't, do you realize that worship sets up the atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to move? And when there's expectation connected to that, it's the breeding ground for miracles and signs and wonders and breakthrough in your life. And then it sets Pastor Don up myself and different people that preach up here, it sets them up to release a sound so that you can be set free, fixed, healed, delivered, poured into so we can go back out and continue to show the love of Jesus to others. 
So I'm just proud of your worship team. It's amazing, the anointing. Listen, you guys have it. I'm gonna say this. Uh, you guys have it really good. Like, <laughs> you really do. You really do. So before I move on to anything else, I want to give honor where honor is due. Pastor John, Pastor Jesse, we love you guys. Uh, we're not only in covenant as friends and relationship, I believe in your church. I believe in what you guys are doing. As I travel all over the country, you know, the last 10 years, we've been out almost 200 days a year, cut back since we planted our church. But it's amazing what God is doing here and how healthy this community is. I see a lot of churches that are doing a lot of things out of their gifting, and that's almost like counterfeit anointing. But I'm seeing you guys not only the gifting and operation, but I'm seeing a real tangible anointing in the house. And so give your pastors a hand. That's massive. And it, and it starts from the top. They're worshipers. And so it trickles down through the body. And whether you can sing on key or, or you sing really off key, and y'all don't think we can hear you, but we can. We were saying, God of miracles come. And some of y'all were like, some of y'all were like, God of miracles. And it's okay. He loves your worship. And you might clap off beats. You may be like the most, like they were singing, let it be known that I got. And some of you were like clapping off beat. And that was just for the white people. That was just white. <laughs> Listen, he loves your worship, he loves your praise. John 4, 23 says that a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. He loves your worship. So never, ever, ever, say never, ever. Look at the person say, next to you and say never, ever. Never, ever just go through the motions when we have an encounter like we just had for the last 15 minutes in the presence of God. The atmosphere is now set up and charged for you to get your miracle, amen? I'm fully convinced I was reading a story, it was a really cute story about this little girl, she was seven, and she was raised up in a healthy, life-giving church like Tree, and uh, she was so wired to take God at his word, and her mom and dad really invested a lot into her and her brother and sister to really equip them with what they needed at their age to really walk in the faithfulness, walk in the promises of God and chose sheep, man, that's the way she carried herself. At school, she would always tell people somebody got hurt, she said, can I pray for you? If the teacher had a headache, she said, can I pray for you? That's just the way she was wired. Well, this particular day, the teacher said, guess what, kids? Today, we're gonna talk about whales. And the kids were like, oh. And then she's like, does anybody have any questions about like whales? And kids were asking all kinds of questions. Like, do whales smell funny? And like all these questions. Well, it gets to this specific little girl and she lifts her hand and she said, um, and she starts asking these questions. And then the teacher says, well, let me talk about some facts. Here's some facts about whales. One fact is a whale's esophagus is super small and it can't swallow big items. It couldn't even really swallow a human being very easy. This little girl's like, what? So she lifts her hand again. The teacher said, yes. And she said, well, how did he swallow Jonah and the whale? The, jo the Jonah and the whale story. And the teacher's like, I'm not sure what, who's Jonah. What is the Jonah and the whale? And she's like, Jonah got swallowed by the whale. It's in the Bible. And the teacher's like, oh, the Bible. We can't always believe everything um, you read. That's a really good, fun, fictitious book. Any, anybody else? And this little girl's like, whoa. Like she's fully convinced. And so she's like, and the teacher's like, yes. And she's like, no, listen, 
uh, Jonah wouldn't go to Nineveh, and because he refused to go to Nineveh, uh, God sent a whale that swallowed him up, and Jonah hung out in the, bo- the belly of, of the whale for three days and played on his iPhone. That's where theology was a little off. But, and then she said, and then he said, fine, God, I'll go, I repent, and God spit him up on the shore so he could fulfill his destiny. And the teacher's like, Wow, okay, uh, really good story. Anybody else? And this little girl's like, does whale, the whales poop? And you know, like, and so the little girl's like, and the teacher's like, yes. And she said, well, I fully believe this. I'm fully convinced that this is true. And the teacher said, well, it's probably not. And she said, well, you know what? One day when I go to heaven, I'm gonna ask Jonah what it was like to be in the belly of the whale. And the teacher's thinking, if you're gonna get sassy with me like your mom, I'm gonna go ahead and give it back. And so she said, what if Jonah didn't go to heaven? What if Jonah went to the other place? What if he went to hell? And the little girl goes, well, then you're gonna have to ask him. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Fully convinced. She's fully convinced, and I'm fully convinced. I remember walking through a, a crazy storm with my wife's health and they were talking cancer and multiple tumors. The song Healing Is Here actually came out of that journey. There was something that happened in Jackie that the more she was squeezed, see what comes out of you is what's hidden inside of you. And when she was squeezed, I saw courage, I saw confidence, I saw boldness. And I remember sitting in our living room and her looking at me and said, babe, look at me. I refuse to allow the enemy to steal my worship I refuse to allow the enemy to steal my praise. I'm fully convinced that God can and will heal. And that was the audacious faith that was rising up inside of her. The reality is we have an enemy that doesn't like us. The reality is the enemy knows that there's healing in your hands. The reality is the enemy knows that your tongue is like the pen of a ready writer, ready to write life into people. The reality is the enemy knows that there's people's lives attached to your destiny. And that there's a call on your life to reach people because people matter to God, so they matter to us. I love that Easter video, it was amazing. And there's a statistic that says that eight out of 10 people that are unchurched said that if somebody would just invite them on Easter, they would come. People matter to God, so they matter to us. And so we are fully, I'm fully driven and I'm fully convinced that even though the enemy is trying to push back even though the enemy tries to throw sand in my eyes, I know that he's gonna get tired before we do because greater is he, our God, than the enemy that's in the world, amen? And so today, I want you to grab a hold. Some things can be taught, other things have to be caught. I want you to grab a hold of how valuable you are and how much he loves your praise and worship, how much he loves when you exalt his name, how much he loves when you shout when you come, when you wake up, no matter how much is in your bank account, no matter what the doctors have said there would be in a diagnosis, no matter what's going on in your life, that you would begin to put yourself in a position to really release your shout of praise. You know he loves you. Do you really know it? Like, do you really grasp how much he loves you? And you know, he, he not only loves you, but he actually likes you. <laughs> like, this, like we're, we struggle with that as people. We're like, hey, hey. I love you. I don't really like that guy that much. You know, like that's like our, like, hey, I love you. I love you, bro, like you and me. But like, and then we struggle with liking them. Like that guy's really annoying. But God not only loves you, but he actually likes you. And listen, we all know God has a sense of humor. Have you ever gone to the mall and just watched people? Like, 
God's like, I'm gonna give you the ability to sing, but I'm also giving you a big nose to humble you. And I'm like, oh, like, God has a sense of humor. But he speaks good things over your life. Popular to contra- or contrary to popular belief, there's people that think that God's mad at them and if a lightning bolt strikes, they should hide. God's not mad at you. I want you to hear me. God's not mad at you. He's actually madly in love with you and he speaks good things over your life. Psalms 23, six says, his goodness and mercy chases after you. I've learned in 12 years of marriage, that, isn't that awesome, 12 years? Come on, somebody. So in 12 years of marriage, I've learned that it's, it's, it's not only important uh, what I say, but how I say it. And God says really great things about you. And we're gonna talk about that in a second. But you know, in the natural, I have to be very intentional. L- listen, husbands and future husbands, I'm about to give you pearls here. So <laughs> grab a hold of this. So uh, I still date Jackie. So whenever I go home, we go hang out, we go to dinner, I take her to places and she'll say, can we just stop by the mall? I just wanna get a shirt. I'm like, okay, and she's like, and then maybe a pair of pants. And then maybe a jacket. And I'm like, okay. And then she always wants me to, I'm like, I'll just go over to Starbucks and then you can just text me. And she's like, no, I want you to come. I want you to, like, I need you to come with me. I won't know if it looks right. I'm like, that is a lie. That is a lie. So she wants me to go back to the dressing room. Like, you know, that it's an awkward, like the, the worker's like, um, yeah, I guess, I guess he can come back too. You can sit right there. And they've got that awkward little stool. I call it the predator seat. Like, and you're sitting there and you're like, and then other people are walking in and they're like looking at you and they're trying to keep their family away from you. You're like, no, I'm with somebody. I'm a pastor. Like, I promise I'm not a weirdo. And so I'm sitting there and she'll come out and be like, hey, babe, 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 babe. Babe, and this is the worst part about, listen, I'm giving you pearls, gentlemen. If you're on your phone and you're like looking up like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, babe, babe, babe. And she's all up on her tiptoes like, babe, 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 babe. Do you think these look good? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, they look, they look fine. They look good. And she's like, they look good? I'm like, yeah, they look good. And she's like, you're saying I look fat in this? What? When God created the world, he said, and on that day he saw that he had done good. Like, it, good is good. Like, it's good. What's the matter with good? And, and so I've learned, now hear this, I've learned that when she comes, uh, babe, 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 I have to jump up out, off that seat and say, whoa! I'm high-fiving random strangers. Hey, you look amazing. Are you kidding me? It's like the designer made that shirt for you. You think it looks good? You think it's good? You think it's, that's amazing. Buy two of them. Like how much is it? Okay, just buy one. It's fine. Just the one. It looks good. Just the one is fine. But listen, God speaks good things and it's not only how he says it, but it's what he says about you. Psalms 139, 14 says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are marvelously complex. Listen, you are not a mistake. You are not an accident. He has a phenomenal plan for your life. And I think that as we continue to move through this journey of life, that if we'll continue to praise him, if we'll continue to worship, if we'll continue to posture and position ourselves in a position to receive from him, sky's the limit to what God can do in and through your life. Amen. First Peter 5, 8 says this, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion 
looking for someone to devour. John 10, 10 says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, that's good news, that they may have life and have it to the full. See, the enemy knows, I said this earlier, the enemy knows there's healing in your hands. The enemy knows that there's a call on your life. And here's the good news. When you begin to position yourself, and not only inside of the local church, but as the body of Christ outside in your job and in your family, and you continue to position yourself as a worshiper, as someone who refuses to allow the enemy to steal your shout of praise, there's a boldness and a confidence that rises up in you. I'm telling you, there's a boldness and a confidence that rises up where you start applying the word. And in James 4, 7, you start saying, hey, devil, uh, I got bad news for you. The Bible says in James 4, 7 that I have the authority to resist you and you have to flee. Proverbs 18, 21 says that life and death is in the power of your tongue. Job 22, 28 says, I'll decree a thing and it shall be established. So I've, I've made a choice in my marriage. I've made a choice as a dad. I've made a choice as an evangelist, pastor, leader. I've made a choice to rise up every day and say, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. I'm above and not beneath. Everything I put my hand to will prosper. Storms blow around my life. Sickness and disease can't mess with my family. Nothing is, come on somebody, nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. And you begin, you begin to rise up with confidence when you're, a, when you're a worshiper. There's a boldness that comes on you like a residue that gets on your life. See, when you've been with Jesus, you should, I told the worship team this yesterday, you should walk into a room and the atmosphere should change because you've been with Jesus. You don't have to wear a shirt that says spirit instead of sprite for people to know that you're a Christian. Like he must be a Christian. His shirt says Godweiser instead of Budweiser. I can see he's a Christian. He's got a fish on his car. Like, now when you've been with Jesus and you're a worshiper and off stage and on stage or outside the local church or in the local church, you choose to worship. You choose to put on a garment of praise. When the doctor says, uh, you're going to deal with this the rest of your life. You say, all right, I appreciate your professionalism, but I'm going to praise my way through this storm. I'm choosing that if I'm going to go through it, I'm choosing to grow through it and I'm going to praise through it. Amen. So we're going to talk about a couple practical ways. If you're taking notes, which I encourage you, Harvard did a a study and said that if you take notes, uh, if you don't take notes and you're a hearer only, your retention rate is 5%. If you take notes, it goes up to 35%. If you take notes, listen to the podcast and reapply them, it goes up as high as 90 to 95%. So I encourage you to take notes. There's a new statistic that just came out that says 88% of people that take notes might make it to heaven. Like... That's, those are good. Like, these are good stats. <laughs> Number one, write this down. There's power in your praise. There is power in your praise. Psalms 34, 1, verse 3 says, I will bless the Lord when I feel like it. I will bless the Lord when everything in my life is going right. I will bless the Lord when I'm in front of other people because I want them to think that I'm a good Christian. No, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My life makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble and afflicted hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Listen to me. Some of you are one shout of praise away from your breakthrough. Just one shout of praise away. 
to have a Joshua chapter six for 16 moment where they walked around the city of Jericho and on the seventh time they had, beca- they, had, they had been silent for seven straight days but under the authority of God when it was time when it was time, and God breathed on them, they begin to rejoice and that one shout of praise, the walls begin to fall and the promises of God begin to flood their lives. Some of you are one shout of praise away. Psalms 89 verse 15 says, blessed, I love this out of the Amplified, blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are the people who know the joyful sound. That joyful sound is your praise. That joyful sound is your voice of triumph. Oh Lord, in the light and favor of your countenance in your name, they rejoice all the day and in your righteousness they are exalted for you are the glory of their strength, their proud adornment, and by your favor, our horn is exalted and we walk with uplifted faces. You know what an uplifted face looks like? Like this. Come on, sometimes we gotta put, sometimes we gotta put on joy. Listen, I'm telling you, it is no coincidence that the enemy tries to mess with you on the way to church. Seriously, think about it. You're driving and you and your wife start arguing about something ridiculous like, well, I think we should paint the room butterscotch. I think that's a terrible color. You think that my style's bad? I watch Fixer Upper every day, like. And you start arguing about little things or you have a baby and they have a blowout for like no reason. They just like poop all over the back seat. You're like, this is great. This is real, this is good. This is my life. (laughs) But I'm telling you, when we walk with uplifted faces, there's something different about our lives. We walk into our jobs, we walk into our homes, dads, we walk into our homes, moms, we walk into around our friends and we walk in around people that we know and people notice something different about your life. When you walk with uplifted faces, there's a confidence over your life that I'm a warrior in Christ. I praise, I worship, I will not be overtaken. Psalms 91 says a thousand may fall on my side and 10,000 on my right hand, but I will not be overcome because the faithfulness of God is with me. Do you believe that this morning? Even when things break out in chaos, you choose to put your praise on. You declare, I love the song. I don't just sing songs to sing them. I really buy into the faithfulness of God. And when we sing songs like, I hear my chains falling. There is power in the name of Jesus. When we have that opportunity to worship, when we have that opportunity to praise, I really believe it. I really release my anthem because I know where I've been. I know what I've been delivered from. I know that statistically in my family, when you're married, you have three girlfriends on the side. Addiction and drug addiction and drug dealing and hustling and alcoholism, that is the way of my family's life. That was statistically what I was supposed to end up like. So I choose to praise, I choose to walk up in the presence of God and when we begin to worship, whether it's my style or not, whether it's a song that I fully know or not, I can find a moment to lift my hands and lift my voice. There's a lady at my church, she blesses me, her name's Miss Carolyn, probably around 55 years old, She's African-American, just, just a blessing to our house. I said, Miss Carolyn, how old are you? She said, how old do you think I am? And that's, I'm like, I'm not gonna fall into that trap, devil. Devil, I ain't falling into that trap. And I said, I, I really can't tell. And she said, well, baby, black don't crack. So I might be 85 and I might be 25. Come on, somebody. And I'm like, okay. But... That was the whole story. I'm like, all right. And so I really don't have any idea how old she is, but she's a blessing to our church. And there was a guy that in the lobby one day, he came over to me and he said, Pastor D, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. He said, man, what's up with that one lady in there, right? 
She's all like loud and lifting her hands all the time. And you'll just be preaching. And she'll say, that's good. I'm like, what? Why is she just yelling and stuff? And during praise and worship, she sings really loud. And it's just super annoying. I just don't think I get, it really is a distraction to me. And I said, have you ever talked to her? And he said, uh, no. I said, do me a favor today. Go grab you a cup of coffee. And then I want you to go ask her what her story is. And when you see where she's been and why she praises the way she praises, why she sings the way she sings, why she responds the way she responds, I promise you, I promise you, your opinion will not only change, but I bet you'll start sitting closer to her. This is true. He finds her wherever she's sitting and he sits near her now. And whenever she's out of town, he's like, man, worship was good, but it just wasn't as great as it could have been because where was Miss Carolyn at? Where was Miss... So don't ever, don't ever despise or talk about somebody that is expressing their freedom because you don't know where they've been. You don't know what their story is like. Amen. <laughs> Jesus said that we're going to go through some stuff. My wife and I walked through the hardest storm of our lives a few years ago and every doctor's appointment seemed to get worse. Every specialist appointment seemed to get more chaotic but in the middle of it, we knew Jesus said this in John 16, verse 33. He said, I've told you all this, that you will have peace of heart and in mind. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But I love this translation, but cheer up, for I've overcome the world. I want to set this next chapter up, the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk was a prophet. And at the end of the third chapter, Bible theologians believe that he was singing and playing this series of verses I'm about to read. And some of you would be like, well, why is that important? What, what's, what's the point of that? Because he continued to praise, and we're gonna watch this, and worship in the midst of chaos, in the midst of calamity in his life. This is what it says in Habakkuk chapter three, verse 17, verse 19. Do you think I should name my daughter Habakkuk? Little Habakkuk Groves? Feels pretty good. Okay, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines. He's having a bad day. The olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. This is the part right here. Yet I will rejoice. Somebody should have shouted right there. Yet I will rejoice in God my Savior the sovereign Lord is my strength. That yet right there, no matter how low my bank account might look, no matter what the situation that's trying to close in around me, yet my God has never ran out on me. Yet my God is the great physician. Yet my God said in Philippians 4.19, he would provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. Listen, some of you are in a yet moment. And when you begin to rise up and begin to give your shout of praise, your anthem of praise, you'll begin to see the faithfulness of God begin to overtake your life. So number one, there's power in your praise. Number two, there's traction in your praise. There's traction in your praise. It's like supernatural four-wheel drive. I told this story in the first service, but we were in a 42-foot bus. We had a 28-foot trailer that we were pulling behind us, and we were driving in, through Colorado, and we're cruising along, and once you get that baby up to 75, 80, are there any police officers in here? Once you're up to about 55 to 60, and you set the cruise control, it's very difficult to just stop it. It's air brakes and it's all air chassis and all this stuff. And it's 45,000 pounds. And it's very difficult to just stop it on a dime. Well, we're driving and a big old semi lost all these big 
concrete block containers and they begin to tumble down onto the road. And we're cruising, people are stopping, they're nailing cars, they hit another truck. It got, it got crazy very quick. And I had a choice to make. I could just run into the back end of all these cars. I had my wife, my son, my daughter, and a team of like six with us, and we're driving. And I had to make a good defensive driving uh, decision and we took it off road. And we go down in this embankment and the embankment was pretty crooked and I had to maintain the speed 55 to 85, I had to maintain that speed the best I could. The trailer was the only thing keeping us from falling on our side. And all of a sudden, up in front of us, my wife's like, what's that up in the front of us? There was a big concrete embankment for a drain. And we were gonna run right into the thing. And so I knew I had to get pulled back up off the road. Well, all of a sudden I realized I was down in a rut. I couldn't get out. And if I stopped, we were gonna tip over. If I kept going, we were gonna run into this concrete thing. And so we begin to pray. I'm like, guys, you need to pray. Everybody pray, like begin to pray. Like people are getting filled with the spirit. Like it got, you begin to pray. My little schnauzer, eight pound dog, she was praying in tongues. Like it got crazy. Everything. So we're driving and I realized very quickly, I have to make a decision. And, and I'm like, God, I need your help. And all of a sudden I saw this little cut, cutaway. And I turned it, and the bus tires went in that cutaway, and we went right back up on the freeway, about four to five feet from nailing that embankment. I believe the presence of God was with us. Amen. But that's what the enemy tries to do in our lives. He tries to get us down in a rut. And once you get stuck down in a rut, some of you have been battling stuff for 20 years. It's been a rut in your life. Drugs, nicotine, prescription drugs, pornography, all kinds of issues that try to get us isolated and the enemy tries to say, see that rut? <laughs> You'll never get out of that rut. You're gonna be there the rest of your life. It's gonna kill you. You'll never finish your race strong. You'll never fulfill your call. You'll never fulfill your destiny. But listen, there is traction in your praise. When you begin to praise your way through it, when you begin to rejoice in the Lord, I believe that all of hell begins to tremble because listen, whatever hell has gone, gone after you with, it cannot stop what heaven has started in your life. And so as you begin to rejoice and you begin to praise, there's a supernatural four-wheel drive that begins to rise up in you like an 87 Honda stuck in a ditch, like, and you end up coming up out of that thing and it ends up becoming your greatest story. It ends up becoming your greatest testimony. Man, we were down in a ditch. We were down in a rut when they were telling my wife she had cancer and multiple tumors. And I remember Jackie, I said this earlier, but I remember Jackie looking at me and she said, we're gonna praise through it. So we would turn on praise music. Man, we would get in the car and we, we wouldn't turn on just anything. Just, just, just music wasn't just on in the background. I don't even care if it was just instrumental music. I don't, I don't care. It, whatever, we wanted, pray, we wanted to saturate ourselves and surround ourselves in the presence of God. I'm telling you, there's traction in your praise. Psalms 23, 4 says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, some of you are there right now. Even when I walk in the darkest valley, that sounds like a rut. It says this, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me. The last point this morning, your praise is the problem for your problem. So when you got a problem and you got situations arising, you got chaos in your life, the problem that combat your problem, the solution to come against your problem is your praise. It is the fix for your life. 
Dad, begin to rise up. Begin to set the temperature of your home. Begin to get on fire again for God. Walk into the, walk into the living room of your house and tell your kids and your wife, come on, guys, let's just lift our hands and just begin to worship God. Come on, change the atmosphere in your personal life. But listen, it's all a choice. I can't force you to praise. I can't, like some of you are like, you give me $5. Like, no, hold on. I can't force you to praise. I said this Friday night, Pastor Don preaches this, that God's not a forcer. He's a filler. He won't force himself on you. But if you'll make room for him, he'll fill. He'll fill you up all the way to the top, overflowing with his grace, overflowing with his love. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself and when you receive the love of God, when you begin to praise and you begin to make choices and you begin to position yourself as a person of expectation, God will begin to overflow the love that you receive and you will begin to love others, just like Pastor Dave said earlier. So number three, come on, your praise is the problem for your problem. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.